The views and opinions expressed in the following paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or owners. From the frozen tundra of northern Canada to the sunny Gulf of Mexico, and right here in the heartland, welcome to the great outdoors. This is the KTRS Outdoor Show with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. KQRS Outdoor Show brought to you in part by our friends out at Number One Draft. Number One Gravely Road in beautiful Benton, Missouri. Of course, we're talking about Danny Dennis Sporting Goods. Hope everyone's having a good Sunday night. James is running the boards. You want to call in? It's just you and I for the first hour. 314 931 5877. I'm sorry. 314 931 5877 or toll free on the text line. Is that toll free, James? I don't. It's just whatever. Eight four one two six. Yeah, tech, uh, usually your whatever your text rates, message rates apply. Yeah. That, but is that considered a toll? I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't know if you could say toll free with texting because that used to be a phone thing only. <laughs> so I would just say standard data and message rates apply. Yeah, I just think that's rude, man. Just, yeah. yeah. Everything should be free. <laughs> Don't get me started. Oh, take man. it easy there, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, it's so hard to shut up and be quiet. I'm telling you, I just, I'm trying to keep a promise and it's so hard. I'm just telling you. What's up, everybody? What'd you do this weekend? How you doing? How you feel? Everything good? Let me know. Go ahead, James. Oh, you want me to let you? I thought you were just talking to everybody like you wanted people to call in or text you. Well, that'd be nice. Um, this weekend was pretty low key. We had, uh, Friday night, they had an, a heart mart at the foundry down in historic St. Charles who went down there. They had a lot of vendors set up for Valentine's Day stuff. People were selling ceramics and crafts and plants, and it was a fun time. Then we popped over to Margo Margo on North Main Street and had some really good tacos and margaritas, and uh, that was our Friday night. Well, that sounds good. What did I do this week? So, let's see. Uh, Raven and I went out to the farm. And then <clears throat> had to take my Polaris and go get that serviced. And I uh, was talking to some boat people. Uh, I talked to Bob at the Bait Caddy. Thanks for everybody that uh, called in about the Bait Caddy last week. That was very nice of you. Bob said he, he got some activity from the Midwest, so appreciate all of that. And uh, I was trying to think what else I did. Oh, I went and shot. I, I bought a 10-millimeter. We talked about that last last week, I believe. And I went out, uh, one of my buddies bought a gun range, and I, I zeroed that puppy in at 7 and 10 yards. And i got to tell you, man, I'm pretty happy with that 10 mil, that Glock 20. I got a green dot on there, a green, uh, yeah, I guess it's a green dot because it looks like a, it's not a dot. It's it's got, It looks like it's got a, oh, what do you call it? Not the crosshairs, but reticle. It looks like it's a green reticle instead of a dot. And I'm just telling you, that thing shoots, man. I'm not the greatest shot with a with a uh, a gun. I'm okay. I'm you know I'm would consider I wouldn't say I'm going to win any world championships or anything. But boy, I was driving tax with that with that reticle man. Seven to ten yards. I feel sorry for the fool that, that gets in my way. <laughs> I hope I never have to ever ever use it. But I'm telling you, James, there's some crazy stuff going on in this country, man. It you got to protect yourself and your you you can't count on somebody else protecting your, yourself anymore. There, our police officers are overworked, undermanned, and you just got to watch your six. That's what they always say. When seconds count, help is just minutes away. 
Well, that's just it, man. I tell you. So, anyway, that's about what I did. Shot my bow for a little bit. Started working on some turkey stuff. And, uh, yep, I got a couple more tripods set up and ready for. Uh, what I'm going to use that for a second angle camera on one tripod. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, I'm getting a lot of emails from folks that are that are taking handicap hunters or, or that are disabled and. Legroom is a major premium for them in a ground blind, uh, especially if they have someone in one of those track chairs, those uh, wheelchairs that look like a, a tank. It's got the, the ch- tank tracks on the bottom. And even if you get a three- or four-person ground blind, those track chairs take up a lot of room. And people are still wanting to film their hunts and stuff. And, you know, so, you know, foot room or uh, tripods take up quite a bit of room uh, that you can't um, – if you got two or three people in there, you don't have a lot of leg room. So I started, I just started answering some of these emails and I said, well, there's several products out there or seven things you can use. One of them actually has been out for a while. And, um, and that's fourth arrow camera arms has got a, a deal and it's called a Rexy arm and a, uh, and a pillar kit. And what that does uh, on a ground blind, it's got a hub style blind uh, panel it's got four panels usually, and these uh, these hub blinds, they push out and they snap into position, and that's what keeps the blind uh, erect and tight. Well, these pillar kits, you slide those in the two rods and behind there, and then it's got like a little shelf, and you, you screw those, you screw that in, and then your monopod is like a, it's like a, um, a, um, uh, like it's it's a tripod that's a mono, so there's just one leg, and you screw that on, and it's got a little clamp that that clamps down on that tray, and then your camera arm goes on top of that. But what's nice about that, it doesn't take up any leg room because it's all flush with the with the wall of your panel, and that thing's that thing's secure. It's not going to go anywhere, and it's got a, what's called a Rex arm. That's about 9 to 10 inches long, so your camera sits on your Rex arm, and you can move that left to right. You can film behind you. Say, like, you want to pan the camera over to the hunter to the right, or you can turn it around, move, uh, and you can point it towards yourself, push the push the arm out towards the opening of the blind, and push it back if you want to do, like, an interview or do an opening. And then you can sw- swing it back, and then you can go uh, 270 degrees in front of the blind, which is really, really nice for filming. But it just it does not take up any uh, any uh, foot room at all. So if you if you have a couple kids that you take out, or if you have someone that's disabled and is in a, a wheelchair, or <clears throat> you just don't have a lot of leg room in your ground blinds, whether it's a hard side of blind or a uh, hub style uh, blind, you can use that uh, pillar kit with that mono arm and uh, that Rex arm. And just go to Fourth Arrow Cameras or Fourth Arrow uh, dot com. And uh, they will help you with that. So I'm just telling you right now, man, there's some neat stuff. You know, you, they've got way, they've got technology now that you just don't need to worry about stuff. Uh, it, James, you could probably use that in some of your adventures, actually. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> I'm telling you, you could. Why is that not working? Okay, now that's really weird. My computer just went down. That's crazy. We got gremlins going on at the station. Nah, not that I'm aware of. Why? What's happening on your end? I don't know. It just, uh, it just kind of went dead on me. Oh, no, everything sounds fine. I didn't lose you at all. Huh? 
Well, that's kind of crazy. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let me take a quick break and see if I can get my computer back up because that's got my radio script and everything on there. So I'll be right back after these fine words from our sponsors. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. James had to play a little a little uh, filler. We had got internet issues. Anyway, welcome back. I know a lot of folks are watching the big game. James, you watching the big game? You're not? I know what you're doing. You're getting ready for the big uh, the big shoe. That is correct. I'm doing my show prep. Are you doing your show prep? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Deer holding antlers. Some are dropping. Some are not. Oh, no. We're going to be talk about all that stuff. Thank you. Uh, show's brought to you in part by our good friends out at number one Grove. I wrote in beautiful Fenton, Missouri. Of course, I'm talking about Denny Dennis Sporting Goods out there in Fenton. Your one-stop outdoor shop. So got a chance to do a little shed hunting. Got the Polaris oil change done. And uh, what else was going on this weekend? I started working on some turkey uh, turkey arrows, and there's a new broadhead coming out that I'm gonna I might be shooting. So I was talking to Larry Mack about that from Respect the Game TV, and I don't know if uh, if they're gonna be out post production or not uh, in time to do that. So I got to decide if I'm gonna switch to a head hunter or if I'm gonna use a body shot uh, broadhead like a, I've I've done in the past, but. There's stuff to decide. I did talk to Dan uh, a couple times. Dan called and wished me a happy birthday this week. I turned 60 yesterday. Kind of surreal. I want to end. For everybody out there, I had over 500 some odd uh, happy birthdays on Facebook and stuff yesterday. If you're one of them, I, uh, tried to, I tried to get on there and like every one of them and say thank you. And uh, But if I missed you, I'm sorry, and thank you very much for thinking of me. That was very nice of you. Fun, fun, fun. 719 and some change here on February 11th. And, uh, man, I tell you, I can't believe we're already February 11th already. It's crazy. Uh, we've been really unseasonably warm up here in Iowa until yesterday. Yesterday it kind of cooled off again, but we were in the 60s and stuff, which is kind of crazy. I had some folks out actually doing some deer uh, deer shed hunting and uh, actually had ticks on them. That's how, that's how warm it's been up there. So the ticks are out. Uh, I would imagine back home if they're out up here, they're out. They're down in St. Louis and Illinois, too. So just... If you're out and about, if you're out shed hunting, you're doing any uh, turkey scouting, uh, whatever you're doing in the outdoors, please make sure you're wearing your Olimitec and making sure that uh, you're keeping those ticks off of you because it's not just Lyme disease anymore, folks. I mean, you got bacterial stuff you got to worry about. You got Lyme disease. Now you got this alpha gala syndrome, which is uh, if you get that, then you're going to be allergic to uh, eat. You can't eat meat or protein. Uh, it's a protein allergy. So... Um, it's, uh, I don't know if it's all proteins. I think it's, I think it's a meat protein allergy more than anything, but, um, I got some buddies of mine. They can't eat, uh, they can't eat, uh, steak. They can't eat, uh, chicken. Uh, there's a couple other things. They can't eat venison and it's just miserable for them. So just make sure you're wearing your socks and your, your limited pants and bibs and shirts and, and, uh, spray down. Uh, if you uh, take your backpack to the woods, spray your backpack down. Anything you take out there with you, spray it down. Because when you get in the truck, what happens? You put your bags and stuff in the back of the truck, and they're not sprayed down. Those ticks are going to be on there, and then you're going to pass them on to your dog or your or your family when you get home. So, just uh, let's be tick aware, and uh, just we got to really pay attention to that. Oh, 
man, man, man. James, yeah, James Dan was down fishing, and they said he was catching a lot of fish. So he should have some good fish stories for us tonight. Probably so. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, so thanks for covering for me. I uh, appreciate that. It did. Uh, any, what's going on with your show tonight? Uh, tonight we have Mikel McIntosh from the Videra Wine Bar uh, downtown St. Louis. She's going to be telling you about some special she's got this week and some Valentine-inspired cocktails. For those of you who might want to uh, do some mixing at home, we're going to have actor Nina Bergman on the show. She's got a new horror movie called Cold Meat that's going to be out here as of the 19th of February. So uh, what's better than that? Some cocktails and some horror movie to make a good Valentine's Day weekend, huh? Cold meat. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that sounds good. Have you seen the show? The movie? Yeah. Yeah, I've watched part of it. Yeah, I haven't finished the whole thing, but I've watched part of it. Okay. It's actually really good. It's got Alan Leach from Downton Abbey. Uh, fans will know him from that one as Matthew. Uh, it's, it's really good so far from what I've seen. Huh. Well, all right. Yeah. <sighs> Sounds like a... You know what? I, you know what? I, oh, you'll appreciate this. You know what I discovered yesterday? What would that be? Lon Chaney Jr. You know who that is? Yeah, it's a wolf man. And, uh, he played uh, the, mummy the mummy. And he, he did the mummy, couple, didn't he? Yeah, he played the mummy and he Dracula a couple times. And Yeah, him and I shared the same birthday. Really? February 10th. Well, it's a small yeah. world, but I wouldn't I'm, want to paint I'm, it. I'm just telling you right now, man. That kind of makes me feel a little more happy. I'm just telling you. Me and the wolf man. <laughs> oh, the copy of your autobiography you can tell yeah. your bigfoot stories yeah oh i hey the we when we did unknown files last wednesday this last wednesday i had a lady named amy boo on b-u-e and she is from ohio and they call bigfoot out there in ohio the ohio grass man that's his nickname really yeah and she's a teacher Sounds like a weed dealer I know. And uh, anyway, she was talking about she actually I, I got a lot of admiration for her because she actually goes to deer hunting shows, uh, deer classics, and she sets up a booth and she makes it very obvious that she's talk, there to talk to people about the big fella. And she she says that people will come and uh, some will uh, um, some will uh, verbally abuse her. And say, oh, he's not real, blah 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 blah. And I, nobody's, I don't, I'm not saying he's real. I'm not saying I can't say he's real, and I can't say he's he's not. But uh, anyway, the thing is, she'll have people come back like an hour later and say, "Can I talk to you?" And and she'll go and they'll go talk somewhere where you know they're not in public. And these these, she said these these Dan these these men these forty fifty sixty year old men, they'll start telling me about something they saw, and they'll just start crying. And it's like, really? Mm. Yeah. They said they they emotionally break down and say, you know, I didn't I didn't tell anybody about this, and I didn't want to be ridiculed, and but they, you know, this happened to me, and since that happened, I've never went back to the woods. I've stopped hunting. It, I can't go back. And you know, James, that's kind of fascinating to me. Yeah, it's you almost know, I mean, like who's... alien abduction stories. You kind of hear those people don't talk about them out loud. Same kind of a thing. It sounds like. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. The thing, the people I give the most credence to on that stuff is the people that are not trying to sell a book, they're not on TV doing a Bigfoot show, um, or you know, they're just regular folks that saw something that that scared the, the bejeebies out of them, and they just they they don't know how to how to process it or explain it. Those are the people that I that I give credence that something shook them up. So yeah. I still I still think eighty percent of the stuff out there, ninety percent of it out there, is people are seeing black bears, or other things that uh, they just misidentify. 
But some of these guys that I've talked to on the show, these these guys are diehard bow hunters that I've talked to. I've talked to several national people that were hunters and stuff, and they said they've had a couple different things that uh, happened to them, and they you know they've been around bears all their life, and they swear that wasn't a bear. So it's it's kind of fascinating. You know, mm. I'm, I'd just like to have, I'd like to see one one if they're real. I I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You know, I want to see it. I want to get a two hundred inch deer too. They're both very elusive animals. So, uh, fishing season's fast approaching, and uh, I, I it's kind of funny. I was talking to uh, my buddy Chad up at the Pines Resort up in Minnesota. And they've had such warmer weather up there, it's ruined the ice fishing. Um, they had to take where normally up there this time of year, you can still drive your fort, your trucks, your your campers, your you name it. They got it out on the ice because the ice is like 30 inches thick. Well, it's been so unseasonably warm up there. They're down to ATV traffic only, and it's really ruined. It's really hurt a lot of folks. The fishing, the fishing ice fishing business has been down. So the fishing's been good. But uh, they said the fishing's just uh, or the 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 attendance has been down. So I feel bad for the people up north that uh, that's hurting the economy a little bit up there. So because if you got if you don't have ice, you don't have the ice fishing. So, but uh, they've been catching some whoppers up there. I, there's I I'm I, I just cannot I will never drive my truck out on ice. It just will never happen. Because <laughs> they. I just don't want to have to go tow my truck out of the water, and then you know, you know darn well the insurance is not going to pay for that. If you if your vehicle goes through the ice, I don't think they'll pay for that. And then you got to pay all these fines because the environment, the environmental stuff. You're going to have to pay all the contamination fines and all that other stuff from the oil and gas leaking. And no, thank you. I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just uh, stay with my boat on open water or walk out and. If I'm up there, or maybe ride an ATV, that'd be about the the least of it anyway. 727 and some change. Uh, Missouri Department of Conservation is going to be hosting a fishing workshop on February 29th out of Shaw Nature Reserve. So if you want to have, uh, say you got kids that just don't know how to fish and they want to learn how to fish, but you don't know how to teach them how to fish, this is something that's going to be nice for you. Uh, it's a reach pro- outreach program is offering for a uh, Discover Nature uh, Fishing Program. Uh, it's going to be February 29th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Shaw Nature Reserve in Gray Summit. It's designed to specific, specifically to help teachers integrate fishing into their school curriculums. Uh, you know, I think more. I think that should be taught in more schools. People should be t- learned how to tie a polymer knot or a double uni knot or difference between monofilament and a line and braided line and what's a spin cast reel. A, a can, uh, a uh, a spinning a spinning reel or a bait caster you know all that i think that would be a great way to learn and teach kids a life skill that they're going to be able to carry all through their lives and it's a great way to get kids engaged uh some of the schools actually have fishing teams and there's actually kids that are getting scholarships now to be uh collegiate bass fishermen they've got collegiate bass fishing tournaments and everything else so this is really cool, and I'm glad to see that they're doing that uh, in the uh, in the elementary and uh, other uh, grade levels to do that. So if you want more information, if you're a teacher or if you wanted to uh, get into the program to help teach kids, uh, just go ahead and get a hold of them. It's going to be uh, for anyone under 65 years of age to attend the workshop. I don't know why they're cutting it off at that, but that's what they're saying. If you want more information, you can call Conrad Malady. 
He's at 314-577-9555. That's 314-577 at 9555. All right, 7.29 and some change. Let me hit a real quick break. I'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. Hope everyone's having a good Sunday night all across the good old U.S. of A. Uh, they're going to have an antler scoring event on February 17th out at Hinges Shooting Range if you want to learn how to score antlers. A lot of folks, you know, I get that question quite a bit. You know, how do you score the base, the G2s, G3s, G4s, the main beam, all that other good stuff? Well, they'll teach you all that at Hinges. On seven seven uh, Saturday seven, uh, what is that? February seventeenth. Uh, bring your racks with you anytime from nine a.m. to noon, and you'll have them officially scored. Racks can be from the previous season or any post uh, past season. Shed antlers can also be brought in for scoring. Certified scores from Pope and Young, Boone and Crockett, and Missouri, Missouri Show Me Bucks uh, will be on the site for evaluation and scoring. Hunters also have the option of dropping off antlers at the education center to be scored and pick them up later. All racks must have been dried for at least 60 days to qualify. Yeah, that's because when you first get your deer, that's called a green score. If you if you do it when the the hide and everything's still on your green, and then after it's dried, then they'll give you an official thing because you get a little bit of just a little 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 bit of shrinkage. Bringing along all harvest information such as date, time, location, and method is recommended. No reservations are required. There is no cost for participating. Standard fees for certification do apply if you want to put it in Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett. And if you want more information, you can call 636-938-9548. 636-938-9548. So it's neat to do that. It's fun. Raven and I went out looking, and we didn't we didn't find anything. We got skunked. We found a dead deer, but we didn't find any. Didn't find any sheds. He was all bummed out. Poor puppy. <laughs> James, did you see they're making a new superhero movie, Deadpool and the Wolverine? Yes, uh, Hugh Jackman's returning as Wolverine. Everyone's very excited. I thought he died. Well, we saw Old Man Logan, but that was the last story. It took place in the future. This is uh, obviously pre-Logan, so this takes place before that one. I gotcha. <laughs> I love how they mess with the timelines. Yeah. You know? Just kind of depends on, uh, you know, different alternate universes, everything else. Yeah. I thought DC was done with the superhero stuff for a while. That's Marvel. Is it Marvel that's done for a yeah, while? Yeah, no, Wolverine and Deadpool, that's all Marvel. Oh, it is? I'm sorry. Okay. So, because I, I thought D, I thought DC, there has been two or three that just really bombed at the box office. So. Yeah, they didn't have a good uh, they didn't have a good run with their last couple of movies. The Flash from DC, the one they brought back Michael Keaton for, and that uh, did not do well. That was the best part of the movie. Was yeah, Michael Keaton. easily, easily. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. superhero films. Uh, there's all sorts of different. Some people say it's superhero fatigue. People are tired of it. Other people say they just aren't being as well made because they figure, oh, well, these will just. It's like printing money. Everyone's going to come to these regardless, so they're not putting the effort into them. Who knows? Yeah, Captain Marvel bombed. Yeah, that was the other one, the Marvels. Yeah, the Marvels that would that didn't do very good. So, yeah, I don't know, buddy. That's kind of making your 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 job a little rougher, isn't it? No, not at all. That we I still talk about the same stuff regardless. So if it's bad, I talk about it. If it's good, I talk about it. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. 
737 and some change here on the show. If you got something you want to tell James, text lines 84126, 84126, or you can call in 314-931-5877. It's just us for the next 20 minutes. So got a, uh, I got a really nice email this week from our winner last week when we gave away that pair of Norlander socks from Norlander Sock Company over there in St. Peter's. Said they went in, uh, they called in, they redeemed the gift certificate, and they said everybody was so nice at the store. They were so excited to get the socks, and I said, you're going to love them. I'm telling you, folks, if I tell you you're going to love them, you're going to love them. It's just, they're good, good uh, alpaca-made socks right there in Missouri. The Steph and the gang, they have their own alpacas, and, uh, you know, they just make sure everything's, uh, I'm, if you want your feet, to be nice and I, James, I still say for Valentine's Day, you should, everybody should give their significant other a pair of our Norlander socks because if they do that, everybody's feet's going to have feel like they've got a treat and everybody's going to be super happy. I, I actually got a scarf. Uh, Steph sent me uh, some stuff and I she threw a scarf, I'll pack a scarf in there, which was really nice. Yes, yeah, like socks are uh, my, my wife hates the cold, so warm yeah. socks would, from uh, from them would be great. Well, and I think you would like their scarves because it almost looked like a Doctor Who scarf. But I have a Doctor Who scarf, an authentic <laughs> Doctor Who scarf. So, <laughs> well, can you ever have too many? Well, I don't know if I get a red and purple one to match his later, <laughs> uh, his last couple of seasons outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll see. And I bet you, and I bet you, it's not alpaca either. No, I don't know what material it's made of, but yeah. she hand stitched it for me. It took her like two and a half weeks to hand stitch it. Jesse wants to know, Dan, where are they at in St. Louis? Uh, Jesse, they're in St. Peter's. Uh, it, just go to NorlanderSocks.com. NorlanderSockCompany.com is uh, is the uh, website. If you Google Norlander Sock Company, it'll come up, and you can go online, or you can uh, you can uh, <laughs> you can go to the store. Dan loves the store because he said there's you there's you won't believe all the stuff they got in there. So anyway, Valentine's Day is fast approaching. I'm telling you. Uh, da, 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 da. I told you about that. I told you about that. Antler scorn's all done. They're get. They're wanting you to get all the trout out of the water before the that that started February first. So if you haven't got out and done the uh, urban winter trout fishing, now's a great time to get in there and start keeping the fish because they want to. They want you to catch and eat as many of those fish before we get into spring and summer because the trout aren't going to make it through the summer. So. There's uh, nine St. Louis City and County lakes that also were stocked with trout, Union City Lake and Franklin County, along with five lakes and August Day Bush Memorial Conservation Area in St. Charles. Uh, Missouri Department of Conservation also has several broodstock lunker trout, some as large as 10 pounds in some of those lakes. Now, that would be something to catch you a big old 10-pound rainbow. Huh? 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 Let me go through. I think I still have the lakes. Uh, Crandallet Park and Boathouse Lake in St. Louis. Uh, January Wabash Lake in Ferguson. Kahneman Park in Jennings. O'Fallon Park Lake in St. Louis. Suzanne Park and Island Lake in Carp Lake. Uh, Tillis Park Lake in St. Louis County. Union City Lake in Union. Walker Lake in Kirkwood. Velasquez Park in Baldwin. August A. Bush Memorial Conservation Area Lakes 3, 21, 22, 23, and 7. So I would get out there and get your fish, get your fish. What are you doing this time of year? You just doing your you doing your regular job and then just doing the radio show because you're you're not doing any acting stuff, are you? No, uh, not currently. No, it's just between uh, the day job, the radio show, the new podcast, and some other stuff I'm working on. I I have literally no time to do anything else. 
Hmm. Well, at least you're staying busy. Yeah, that much is true. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I seen uh what do you think about all this AI stuff? Boy, that's getting to be a, that's getting into the weeds a little bit. People are taking people's voices and their and their their likenesses and putting stuff out on the internet and social media without their permission and I, I don't see how that's legal, but they're doing it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a mess. I think that uh this is gonna be what I mean that we you see movies about this stuff all the time, you know, AI taking over. You see things like Skynet on Terminator, and there's all sorts of, you know, war games. Remember that one from the 80s? But they have all these things, and we pay no attention to them. We're just, we want more technology, and it's uh, it's going to be our downfall. Yeah, I just don't know how you can take someone's intellectual property, their face, their voice, and stuff like that, and use it without their permission. Well, if they sign a contract, it depends. That's the whole thing. If you're doing the acting thing, like that's what all the actors were just striking against. But, I mean, it's going to be just the same as I, you shouldn't be able to take someone's identity and take out a credit card in their name. But people are doing that. So it's just the same thing on a new level. I don't know. I see stuff on social media, like on Reels and stuff, where it's like somebody's voice that's pretty famous and it's not them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean it's just gonna be like whack a mole trying to do uh, <laughs> whack a mole. It's trying to you know <laughs> lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit for all these things that are coming up. But yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I hope we don't ever get into the artificial intelligence of hunting and fishing. I uh, I had uh, what was I talking about? There was an, a game people could use when they were going to the restroom to, to simulate fishing. Did I tell you about that? Did we talk about that? I feel like you mentioned that because that does yeah. sound familiar. Yeah, I had somebody send me that. And I said, "No, nah, I'm going to draw the line at that." I, I got you know, come on, you're doing your business. You don't need to be fishing in the t- bathtub, and it's a, it's a, like a magnet fishing rod and stuff. It's like, come on, who's buying that stuff? Yeah, I don't know anybody that's got that. I could be wrong, but I'm not. Yeah, I got. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm focused. <laughs> I'm trying to read my, I'm trying to read my fishing tip column when I'm doing that stuff. So, <laughs> I don't know, James. Pretty soon, man, you're going to have visual stimuli all the way around you, no matter what you're doing. If you're eating, you're doing, taking a shower, you're going to be in a home theater while you're showering. I mean, eventually this stuff's going to get out of hand. I remember taking one of my psychology classes. Uh, this would have been 94, 95, and they talked about, we saw this thing, uh, this video that the teacher showed us about this effect called future shock, where technology was going faster than our own intelligence could keep up with. Like, yeah. we're just making all these rapid advances that people aren't ready for socially, culturally, technologically, and, and basically intellectually. And that was something I was watching in the 90s, that people had made this thing back in the 80s that they were talking about it. And now here we are. I feel like technology has outpassed our intellect. Yeah, probably so. I don't know. It just, uh, like I said, it's just kind of, I mean, I, I know I will never, that thing Apple came out with that you wear like a visor, I'll never have that. There's no way I would ever wear that. There's, And then I saw uh, Google or somebody's coming out with glasses now that you, like an Iron Man, how he's got the, uh, he's got, what's, the, what's the computer's name, Jarvis? Yeah, you have the Jarvis thing and the lenses when you look in the glasses. Did you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Google has come out with that, or they're coming out with that. Did you see that? Have. Huh? Of course they have. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't even got bifocals yet. I mean, come on. Give me a break. 
7.45 and some change. Spring youthy, uh, youthy portion season, turkey season is going to be April 6th through the 7th. Regular spring turkey season is going to be April 15th through May 5th. Fall firearms turkey season will be October 1st through the 31st in Missouri. We're not that far away, folks. Crappies are going to be moving in. Walleye are going to be biting here in about four weeks, five weeks. And then we're yeah, I'd say in about uh, I talked to Hilly and uh, and Connie down in Kansas where I go hunting down there. Uh, oh, okay. All right. James says I need to take a real quick break. I'll be right back on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big Five Fifty with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. Getting a bunch of questions about decoys already this time of year. People wanting to know. There's a new device. There's been a device out now where you can take your turkey steak on your on your uh, turkey, your Tom Turkey decoy, and you can move it around left or right or whatever. And I think I, I, uh, I'm going to have to call and ask because I've been trying to find in the regs if that's legal. I think it is legal in Missouri because I haven't found anything that said it's not. Uh, but I'm telling you, man, I wish I wish you could pinpoint things a little easier when you're trying to go through the regs and stuff. Because I tried looking up turkey uh, turkey decoys on MDC site and I can't find them. So you know what I mean, James? Wouldn't it be easier, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just telling you. But somebody, uh, you know, it's a good thing to, you know. Here's what I would do: I would call the conservation office in your county. Uh, and wherever the uh, conservation officers are going to be patrolling, where you're going to be hunting at, because if anything is left uh, to their discretion, that's who you want to. That's who you want to ask, uh, because they're going to be the one writing you the ticket. Because uh, I know, like up in, uh, like in here in Iowa, uh, they leave um, on the. If you put mineral out, and you say like you're 200 yards away from the mineral, but you're bow hunting. And if a conservation agent, uh, if their discretion or their, if they think that that you're influencing the the way the deer is traveling in any way, they can write you a ticket for that in Iowa. So it's always better just uh, to check and see. But uh, I can't find it on the conservation uh, reg site. So I've been looking. I've been looking. Anyway, uh, they're always coming out with new stuff for uh, the deeks and stuff. I just, I, what I always do is I, I'll just take my turkey decoy and I'll use a real turkey fan. And um, I put that like my Dave Smith decoy, like my Jake Strutter or my regular Strutter. And then I'll take that and um, I'll use make sure that I use the uh, the big fluffy feathers in the back, not the tail feathers. There's 18 tail feathers in a, a turkey fan. I'm talking about the little feathers that's uh, down below there on the fan, on the base of the fan. When you take that tail fan off, you'll know what I'm talking about. I leave those intact, and then I'll take some fan lock and spray it down for two or three days and let that uh, let that uh, cure. I used to take borax. I used to take the tail fan and spread it out and take the last two feathers, and I'd, I'd either staple them to cardboard or I'd take a tack and tack them down. And, you know, you put borax on any kind of the meat there, and then you let that sit for a week or so, and it dries it out, and when you take the tacks out, your fan stays flexed out like that. That's how I used to cure my tail fans. Now you can take a, uh, that um, that fan lock and spray it down. That actually kills if there's any any little mites or anything in your tail fa- in in your turkey feathers. 
it kills all the mites and bugs and stuff in there. And, and uh, you do that for two or three days, and it'll set up, and you can still use your uh, tail fan. But I, I always use a real tail, tail fan on my turkey decoys. And that way, if there's any kind of wind, those uh, those feathers uh, that they'll move around and stuff, or your your turkey decoy will spin, you know, move side to side, or it'll fluctuate a little bit, um, and because uh, the wind's catching those uh, those tail fan feathers, and I've always had really good yuck, uh, luck using those. Real feathers are always the way to go if you can do it. The only bad downside is if it's raining, it's hard to use them because they can fall apart and stuff on you. So just be careful with that, but. Yeah, gang, I'm not seeing uh, I'm not seeing that in the regs, so I'll have to call and ask. I'll try and get the answer to that next week if I can. So, does that work for you, James? It works for me. That's fine. I think it works yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I still got a quarter of a box of borax in the garage. Used that for years on my tail fans. So, I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be here before you know it. I you know I always get really excited when we get into turkey season and stuff, and and then we're gonna then we gotta start planning our fall hunts and figure out if we're going out. If you're gonna go out west, you're gonna have to start putting in for your non-resident tags out there. And I think I have to do that at the end of the end of this month for Montana if I'm gonna go. Uh, the Harrisburg show in Pennsylvania is uh, I think it wrapped up this I think it wrapped up today if I'm not mistaken. It's a nine day show. It's a long show, but i got to talk to my buddy Mike Watkins out of Trophies Plus Outfitters and see when the deadline is for that. Everything's going to a draw. It's crazy. Draw, draw, draw. One thing that's not going to a draw is Dan Brothers. Dan is down in Florida fishing with Michelle. They got into some sheep's head and some other stuff that he was talking. So uh, we're going to talk a little fishing when he comes back on uh, here uh, after the break. Give everybody a chance uh, to run up and get a pop or something. Man, James, you know what I had the other day? It was so good. Fresh brewed iced tea, man. Yeah, you drink iced tea during the winter? Uh, yeah, I'll drink it whenever. Yeah, I, I actually bought an iced tea maker. and Man, I tell you what, that stuff, It's I'm trying to drink. I haven't had a Diet Mountain Dew in six weeks. Aren't you proud of me? Yeah, I know. All right, he's whispering five seconds. We'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS. Don't flippy floppy. From the frozen tundra of northern Canada to the sunny Gulf of Mexico, and right here in the heartland, welcome to the great outdoors. This is the KTRS Outdoors Show with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to hour number two of the KTRS Outdoors Show on the Big 550. Hope everyone's having a great Sunday night. Thanks for making us part of your weekend, as always. James is running the boards. You want to call in? You can do that, 314-931-5877, or you can text us at 84126 and just tell James what your name is, where you're call, or texting from, and what you want to talk about, or if you've got a question, and he'll put it in my ear. Speaking in my ear, I think Dan Brothers is on the line down in Florida. How are you doing, Daniel? Well, I hope I'm okay, and I hope I'm on the line. Yeah, I think you are. I think Good. you are. Yeah. Well, I'm okay. I was watching my Chiefs waiting for you to call, and I give up. I mean, you know, it, it, it caused me to think, and, and talking to James, he said he wasn't a sports fan. Well, I guess neither am I. You know what? I, I remember as a young man, uh, I tried football, and I didn't like it. Got hurt. Didn't, it hurt. I didn't like it. Tried boxing. Got hit in the nose. Didn't like that. Um, tried baseball. I was okay at baseball. I was fair, average at best. And then I ran tra- uh, cross country, 
and did pretty good at that. I was lean and mean back in those days, Dan. Oh, and man, I, I mean, I could hump it, and it helped me in my early hunting days, I think, going up and down mountains and stuff like that. But I've never been a spectator sport fan. You know, many, many moons ago, I was working NASCAR uh, for Anheuser-Busch, and people said to me, well, that's got to be really exciting, is it? And I said, no, for two reasons. One is it's all weekend work, and second, they won't let me drive. Well, you know, you have it. You, there's things going on in hunting and fishing, too. I mean, you know, I've, I've had a lot of fish and animals hurt my feelings. Well, yeah, but that's still, that's, that is what's called a participant sport, Dan. There's a big difference between a spectator sport when you're sitting there watching somebody else do it and when you physically go out there and do it your own self. Yeah, well, I still like football. Big difference. Yeah, Big difference. Right. So how was the fishing? Fishing was good. I can't complain. Uh, we only had two days of good weather, but it got out both days and did well and didn't break nothing, which is always one of my goals. You know, it's a good day when you don't break nothing when you go out on the on the salt water. So fishing was good. Huh. Well, that's good. So sheep's head, what else are you catching? A few snapper. And, you know, occasionally you catch something undersized like a trout are a snook, but you're not fishing for them. So the ones you're going to catch when you're fishing for sheep's head and, and, and snapper are going to be uh, sublegal. They're going to be shorter than, you know, what the length limit is. So you don't get too excited. Well, we caught a few group or two, what, what the natives down here call sandwich groupers that are about eh, 12, 13 inches long, and they're about a foot too short from the, you know, what the law requires. So, you know, but when you first hook them, you don't know what you got. It's it, it. What did Forrest Gump say? It's a smorgasbord. Yeah. Well, that's good. At least you got some more time on the water and stuff. Boy, I tell you what. The uh, um, I talked to uh, some guys down in Mississippi, and they said they've gotten a lot of rain and stuff down there. And but uh, they said the crappie are move, starting to move in down in Mississippi and stuff. And uh, what's that lake that's down there? Lake Granada, Grenada. Grenada is one of the most famous down there there's an awful lot of other ones that, that get overlooked a little bit called arcabuckle and enid and uh sardis all those lakes in mississippi are, are hard to believe uh, hard to beat and you know a lot of them are just uh, old oxbow lakes off the mississippi river that that the earthquake formed and uh boy they they've just become wonderful crappie fisheries well that's awesome so the uh the uh, the crappie are moving in down here. Uh, did you see all the guys on the major league fishing circuit? Look like they were up in Alaska fishing. <laughs> they, I did. It was kind of weird. Yeah, those guys can't. T- I tell you what, and I don't. I guess it was chilly because I mean they looked like they had snowsuits on and stuff. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Well, they did. You know, in any of the tournaments that are in open water this time of the year, if a cold front comes through, you're stuck. Yeah. But uh, you know, the the we just had a big one on Lake Okeechobee. And there were probably 20 guys that I knew from, you know, 150-some boats, 20-some guys I knew from Missouri that were down there fishing it. And, man, they didn't fare well. I mean, they, you know, they didn't understand these Florida bass at all. Uh, Scott Martin, he won it with 90 pounds of bass in three days. That's 30-pound average a day. Think about that. And you're only allowed to weigh in five fish. So, man, that, that's a bunch of big, 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 big fish. I know his, his top fish was well over 10 pounds. Yeah, that's nice. 
Nancy said her grandson saved uh, uh, all his money and bought some Sitka gear and wore it to school, styling and profiling. There you go, Nancy. Nothing wrong with that. So, no. Nothing wrong with that at all. I think you, you should know, wear camel as much as you... Huh? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I wear camel a lot. I mean, uh, to me, it classes a place up when you walk in with camel. That's what Ted Nugent said. It's not just to wear to church anymore. <laughs> And I have yeah. worn it to church, you know, and when I travel with Tony Knight, we travel all over the West, and he wore it on airplanes, you know, back in those days, I didn't want to wear it on an airplane. Everybody might look at me and go, oh, there's a militant or a terrorist or something like that, so I usually wore a khaki shirt, blue jeans, something like that, and Tony always wore, he was so proud, uh, because when he first started building rifles and getting in the industry, nobody knew him, and he didn't know anybody. But, uh, you know, we were dealing with both him and Mossy Oak, and I got a phone call asking me about him, and was he for real, and did I think his company would go anywhere? And, of course, I told him how I felt about that, that I thought the guy was a genius. And so Toxie Hayes sent him a couple boxes of, of Mossy Oak. He was brand loyal to the day he died. He wore Mossy Oak everywhere that he went. And some of the most high-class establishments in Las Vegas uh, out there for the SHOT Show, Mm-hmm. Tony was there wearing camouflage. So God bless him up there in heaven. And I bet his, he's happy as Kansas City Chiefs are in the in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I wear camo. I, uh, whenever I get to the ATA show, it was back in St. Louis this year. I didn't make it home. But like in, if it's in Indianapolis, there's a really nice restaurant there uh, oh. in the, on the square in Indianapolis called St. Elmo's. And, you know, they're kind of a high high class place. But I wear camo in there all the time. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I'm wearing down here. I just bought a, uh, you know, one of the real lightweight, what I call miracle fabric shirts. I don't even know what they are. Then they don't have any cotton in them at all. But this one was an old school camo, which is something that, you know, I it, that's that's the first thing I remember after talking, military you, camo was the old tree bark. Stuff. Tree bark or wood? No, I'm talking about this is the blotchy stuff. You know, yeah, it, right. it came in green and brown, and it was just blotchy. Yeah, it wasn't, the woodland. Uh, they any, called that wood, any woodland. particular pattern to it. Yeah, woodland camo. That's what it is. Well, it was even before that. You know, the the brown stuff is what we wore as duck hunters. And the first company that I remember that really made a lot of apparel for duck hunters in old school camo was uh, Bob Allen. And yeah. uh, you know, such a such a great company. My buddy Tony owns it, and they're still doing a great job out there. And he he does an awful good job with giving a, a lot of things away. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he won the SCI's Hunter of the Year or something like that this year. Huh. Well, he's a good guy. Tony Calagera. Yeah, you know, he's he's when you move up in the hunting world and you get after the sheep and the goats and stuff that are up there, you know, above 600,000 feet or however high they go, uh, you, you know you've made it. I, I've never had a desire to go up there above the tree line. I like trees myself too much. How do you feel about it? I can't afford a sheep tag, so I'll never, I'll never be able to say I harvested one. So, I mean, well, even I, you know, even fifty years ago when I could afford one, I had no desire to do it. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be kind of neat to get a big horn or something, but uh, I don't know. I just, uh, I have no idea, no desire to scramble around on those rocks and and look down. <laughs> I, you know, I, I grouse hunted in uh, in Scotland. And we ended up up above the clouds. The clouds rolled in, and we were up on the mountain looking down on the clouds. 
and we couldn't figure out where our car was. It was a mess. We, we had trouble getting down off the mountain because you had to find a trail uh, that would take you down and not around the mountain or not up the mountain, but down the mountain. And we struggled. I mean, by the time we got back to the vehicle, uh, myself and the fella and the guy were, you know, our tongues were hanging out <laughs> pretty far. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine. So what? Uh, so did you, you and Michelle figure out if you're going to stay till May or are you going to make it home for turkey season? Well, we haven't got around to discussing that totally yet. You know, I mean, I even thought about uh, something popped into my mind after I talked to you the other day. She's got a, a ton of frequent flyer my, miles on Allegiant Air. And Allegiant Air flies from Punta Gorda, Florida, which is just 21 miles north of us, uh, into Belleville, Illinois. And, of course, son Steve can pick me up when I get to Belleville. It's a two-hour flight. direct. It's the only airline that goes directly into the St. Louis area from, from Florida. Now, there may be, I think there's others that go to Disneyland. You know what they call it, Disneyland? I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, may, I may fly back for, for turkey season for a few days and hunt my birds where I can, you know, get up early in the morning and then nap in the afternoon and, no distractions, and then uh, and then fly back down and spend a little bit more time with her. That's, that sounded like a pretty good plan right now. I think that's a fair compromise. Sure. Yeah. And she doesn't cool. mind. She's got Labradors here to, to, to keep her company and hold her hand when she needs it, you know. <laughs> yeah, nothing, like, nothing says loving like a little Labrador. Isn't that the doggone truth? Yeah, we, we took we almost made a mistake, though. We took our boy with us today. We had to had to go into town. I, I had to go buy a pair of sandals, and I don't like sandals. I never wear sandals. The doctor told me not to wear sandals uh, because of being diabetic. But I just I had jammed my toe, and it was killing me. I couldn't I couldn't put on a pair of shoes. So I said, I got a brilliant idea. Let's get some sandals. So we rolled into Fort Myers today, and we took the Rougarou with us because he's been sick. It seems like he's getting better. He's not coughing as often anyway. He's still coughing, but not as often. Took him with us and went in the store. It was cloudy and overcast. We came out, it was 83 degrees, and, man, it was hot in that vehicle. So I was mad at myself. He was okay. He wasn't even panting. But I carried a gallon of water and a collapsible dish in the back of my Suburban, and I gave him a drink right away, and he was a happy camper. But we decided he, he, he can't go with us anymore when it gets this hot down here. Yeah. Yeah, Raven and I went shed hunting this week, and I got one of those little yellow rubber uh, collapsible water bowls. I keep it in the back of the truck in the slot there, and I always make sure I have like four or five water bottles with me. And, uh, you know, he's always good about getting a drink. And then we didn't find any sheds, but I had my my, uh, target decoy with me and, uh, you know, that you can train dogs with. And I threw that and let him run out there 50, 60 yards, bring it back a few times. So I wore him out, and he was all happy. Cool. Yeah, you mean to tell me you can throw fifty yards? Yeah, I can crank that thing about forty, fifty yards. Yeah. Man, you're better than me. You ought to be playing for the Chiefs right now. <laughs> I know. I can't. You're talking about something on a big string with a big rubber heavy. You know, it's not like it's a uh, football <laughs> or something. But well, uh, I cheat. I have a retriever trainer, which is a launcher, mm-hmm. and uh, the doggone thing just about broke my wrist, though. Even though, you know, there are three charges that go in it for folks that are training retrievers. There's a light, a medium, and a heavy. And the heavy, obviously, is red. Yellow is medium, and green is low. 
Well, one time I, I, I slipped a red in there and didn't realize I did it and pulled a, pulled a hammer back on that thing, and holy cow, I thought it broke my wrist, knocked a bunch of skin off my knuckle. So two things after that I learned. Wear a glove, a leather glove, and then secondly, I bought one of those little stocks that go under to snap onto the back of it so you can put it into your shoulder. Yeah. And, man, that thing will throw. I bet it will throw a dummy to lane in the football field. Well, if you get those heavy, you get those little heavier plastic ones that got a little weight to them. Not, I'm not talking about the the ones that are like yellow or foamy. That you know, those you you know, if you get 20 yards out of them, you're lucky. But I mean, the ones that got a little weight to them, and you can get up and you can really underhand and crank it down. You can you can get that out there pretty far. You know, every time Michelle goes to throw one for one of the dogs, she throws it up in a tree. <laughs> I got to get her out in the open, like in a football field. Yeah. You know, where she can do it, because otherwise I'm out there with a rake or something trying to get the bumper out of the tree. Yeah, that's always fun. 820 and some change. We'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. A lot of things going on, Dan. I'm telling you, man, we got... People are getting a chance to find sheds, get their racks scored from last year. Get if you get a shed, they got scoring things going on coming up. People are going to start fishing here. They got the urban urban tra- trout program. People can catch and take them home and eat them now, which is always good. I don't know if I'd eat a ten pound trout though. I'd probably I don't know what I would do with that one. I mean, it's gonna it's not going to make it through the summer, but I don't think that would probably be good eating. I guess you could stake them up. I guess. I'd probably have to go to Frank Wagner with a 10-pounder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You ever had trout steaks? No, I haven't, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that's a little different. So. Yeah, I'm sure it is, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? You're right. Uh, things have changed, buddy. I mean, when I when I was a youngin, February 15th is the end of rabbit season, and that's kind of the end of it all for me. And we'd hang it up, and we'd wait until spring peepers really got going, you know, in probably late March. And then we'd hit farm ponds. And then in April, when the dogwood was blooming, or my daddy used to say, when the oak buds are about as big as a mouse's ear, you better be fishing. Well, yeah, but at in-between time, at that nasty January, February, early March, we, we never went out. And now, well, we've had warmer weather. Like, look, it's been in the 60s and almost 70s the last couple of weeks in Missouri. Yeah. And the crappie are on fire, buddy. I mean, everybody, I don't know if it's live scope to attribute it to because they're easier to find. And even when you do find them, sometimes you can catch them easier, although people have been complaining that they find a lot of crappie and they may, can't make them bite. But my reports that people are sending me, like Steve Blake down on Truman Lake and people like that, they are really catching the crappie. They're catching them deep, which isn't my favorite way to fish for them. I like them when they're about an inch from the bank. But they're catching them deep. They're catching them. Uh, you can catch a limited crappie with live scope in about 40 minutes at, at Lake of the Ozarks. Unfortunately, what people are doing, Dan, is they'll they'll call and they'll they'll try and get bigger ones and they'll release the smaller ones. They'll set a like we've set a personal goal. The length goal, the length limit on Lake of the Ozarks is nine inches for crappie, but we don't keep any unless they're at least 10 inches because we just we just feel that makes a better fillet. And secondly, I want those to grow up so other folks can enjoy them. 
But man, you just you just wouldn't believe the reports coming in from the boat docks and and from the anglers that call me and talk to me and send me uh, Facebook posts with pictures of what kind of fish they're getting right now. No, I mean I see them. I mean I, uh, that Ed Callaway that I know down on Mark Twain and uh, I think he fishes Mark Twain and Truman. He's catching walleye like crazy. Um, uh, I mean. So and then we got paddlefish uh spoonbill paddlefish is going to be coming up here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know um the ice has only been off a couple of weeks. I mean, the I people, the, the biggest report here uh up until about 10 days ago has been what ramps are open, where can I put my boat in? And generally the the very lower the the last few ramps on the lake nearest the, the dam uh is where the open water is. And the further you go up the tributaries is where all the ice is. It doesn't take much for that shallow water to freeze, especially, you know, on my lake, Lake of the Ozarks, they drop the water level in the wintertime uh, for two reasons. You know, people say so they can work on their seawalls and docks and things like that, but also to try and trap that major amount of water that we know is always coming with the rains of April and May. Uh, they'll always have the lake back up uh, to power pool, which is 656, I think, and it's going to be right, right at the first holiday. Um, Memorial Day is when they're going to have the lake back up again. Yeah, I'm telling you. And I uh, I talked to Chad and them guys up at Lake Winnie on the Pines. Their ice is gone. Well, it's not gone, but they, they're not letting people take their trucks and stuff out on the ice anymore. It's walking out or ATV travel only. But he said that they've they've I mean they've lost a lot of bookings because uh, it's been so unseasonably warm and stuff up there, which is a shame because you know this whole ice fishing season's been kind of weird. So. Well, yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's a scary time when, when that ice starts melting. And I know that the officials up there always go out and measure it, and they put up warning signs and the like, but still people are stupid, and they they got to think, well, i got to get out there. And there's always someone that gets injured or even killed every year because they, they don't trust the ice. You yeah, know, or they, they, they trust the ice. Yeah, they had to get their grumpy old man shacks off last week, I think he said. So that's their permit. The old permanent shacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Those things are amazing. Yeah. Those things are absolutely amazing. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe that people. You know, some people just live in them. Well, they're kind of neat because I mean, if you ever watch Grumpy Old Men, that's that's exactly what they are. I mean, they're like a little hut, little cabin. They got their recliners in there. They got their TV. They got a little stove. I mean, they got. I mean, you could. It's like a little home. <laughs> And they they take them out when the ice when the ice gets so so uh, so far so thick, and then they drag them out there and they leave them out there on the ice until until about this time when they got to get them off and they go out there and fish every day. It's pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, it, got... it is very neat. And, and, and you know what's interesting about this part of the country I'm in right now, uh, here on the west coast of of Florida, uh, central Florida, we uh, south actually southwest Florida they call it. Most of the people here are from Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania. And I talked to the people from Michigan and Wisconsin, you know, because we're in a boat club and so, and also a fishing club. But uh, the boat club guys were always talking about what life is like for them because I want to know what kind of boats they like, what, what motors do they prefer, what troll motors do they prefer, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm, you know, being the old journalist that I am, I'm interviewing people. I'm questioning people. And when I hear these people talk about rolling their docks up 
and I hear them talk about how they have to winterize their boats and winterize their, their houses or cabins up there. A lot of them have cabins up there on those millions of lakes that are in Minnesota. And, uh, and they winterize them and come down here and spend the winter because they like to fish and they want to fish year round. So you can't, you can't really fish year, year round up there. Some places you can't get out on the ice, you know. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the life up there and what they go to through. And I, I kid these guys all the time and I'll ask them, do you have a red plaid, uh, outer shirt? Jack shirt like Paul Bunyan did, and they all go, "Yeah, of course, man. You got to have one of those." You know, so it's it's fun being in this melting pot down here. Yeah, I would imagine. Eight thirty-one and some change. We'll be right back on the Big Five Fifty KTRS. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big Five Fifty with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. All right, welcome back to the Big Five Fifty KTRS. James, what's on the show tonight? Tonight, we are going to have Mikkel McIntosh from the Videra Wine Bar. She's going to be talking about some uh, Valentine specials that have going on, as well as some Valentine-themed cocktails that you can make at home, even. After that, we'll be talking with actor Nina Bergman. She's got a new horror movie called Cold Meat coming out. I've watched uh, the majority of this movie, and it's, it's, it's very, it's one of those suspenseful kind of, ah, you just kind of cringe when you're watching it, uh, so... Uh, like I said, Valentine's cocktails and horror movies. What's better than that for the holiday? Yeah, there you go. I know Dan's excited. No, I don't need better than that. And I, I like horror movies like that to keep me, uh, you know, keep the hair on the back of my neck standing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do with uh, some like stranded it. motorists in Denver in the winter. <laughs> I, I like a little wine with my horror movies to boot. So uh, shame I'm not there. Yeah, there you go. So uh, I had somebody ask me, Dan, about mechanized turkey decoys in Missouri, and I, I could not find anything in the regs. Uh, I, I think what they're talking about, there's a little device that you can put your 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 turkey steak in that it's remote control. You can make it turn left or right, or kind of make it shake a yep. little bit. Yep. Is that no, are those legal in are those legal in Missouri? Because yeah. I can't find that yeah. in the regs. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't. Yes, they do not have any uh, laws against those. Okay. Uh, one of the guys that invented some of the first ones uh, was a guy you might recognize the name. His name was Elmer Shandies, and it, he was one of the hardest turkey hunting guys on earth. And I laughed so hard because Red never cared anything about turkey hunting. He wanted to shoot stuff flying up in the air. He loved Red. Red Shandies loved quail and doves and ducks and could care less about a turkey unless somebody flushed one over his head. But Elmer, on the other hand, his brother was just crazy about wild turkeys and, and all he could think of. And I'm going, Dan, I'm going back at least 40 years and Elmer was saying, we got to make our decoys move somehow. And he tried everything, putting one on a track and pulling a string and just all kinds of things that he was messing around with. Uh, the last I heard before he died, he was messing around with, 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 remote control parts from like a hobby lobby or somewhere, you know, hobby store from uh, other remote control devices trying to make his turkey walk around out there in the field. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. Uh, I, it was. Uh, yeah. You know, back then, I mean, you'd look at the first decoys that were out. I mean, they were just like a silhouette decoy. That was it. Well, the first one that I ever saw was John Marciano's dad. 
Jan owns a, a couple restaurants here in town. One's called the Yellowstone Grill, and the other one I forget the name. But uh, anyway, John's dad carved them out of styrofoam, mm. which was really difficult. I talked to him about it. He, you know, he'd get one almost all the way calmed and carved, and he'd bump it and head fall off or something. You probably remember those, don't you? I do. I saw them at Denny's a long time ago. Yeah, your full-body decoy. I mean, they were hard to carry around. You know, nobody would have been carrying a flock like they do now. You know, there's people that went out there with six dozen decoys now, and they would have never done that with those big old styrofoam ones. No. No, things have definitely changed, that's for sure. I had a, I had a couple uh, in, a, in the rafters of my garage that I was going to keep for antiques and posterity. But the mice decided that they would rather eat them than, you know, the the, the poison that I had out their farm. Oh, the 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 styrofoam ones. Yeah, they oh, ate them the bag shame. and all. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> went, you know, they were in a uh, a green army camel bag with a sling on it, a, a, a sewn sling, not anything else, and you could sling them over your shoulder. Well, I reached up to grab them one day, and I showed one to one to a guy, and they just kind of disintegrated in my hands, and I went, "Oh, so." <laughs> I wish I'd have put some some mouse poison in there. Yeah, there's some new stuff coming out for deer decoys this year. Uh, Dave Smith came out with that doe decoy, and they got I can't say what it is. I'll t- as soon as I got the okay to tell you, I'll tell you. But they got another one coming out that's that's going to be. Uh, well, let me put it to you this way: I'm going to give my buck decoy away at the deer class. I have a deer classic at the booth. I'm going to I'm going to do a little drawing for mine. Call it the ugly buck contest because uh, I'm just going to use these. I'm going to just use these doe decoys from now on. So because uh, they're just they're so much lighter to pack in, pack out, and I just never. I mean, I mean, I had does feeding up to that thing. I had other. I had I had 23 bucks in three days, coming around that uh, doe decoy trying to trying to sniffer and uh, get down whenever or breeder, and it was crazy. Wow. So. Huh. Well, I wish I could afford one. I pulled up to the gas pump uh day before yesterday and filled the boat up. You want to take any kind of a guess on what uh, would it cost me? Uh, are you talking about your ocean boat? Mm-hmm. Mm, 300 bucks. 480. <laughs> That's crazy. I told Michelle, we're going to idle out there and idle back. You know, or I also <laughs> told her we're going to buy two paddles and see how far we can get rolling that thing. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. That's crazy. But probably, wow. <laughs> That's all I can say. I'm yeah. still not over it. You know, yeah. some things you don't get over real quick. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what? Hey, you know what you should do? Have you seen that Upside app that I posted on? Uh, I bet you that works. Did you, did you, have you seen that? Uh, you know, Michelle's talked to me about it. I haven't done anything about it. Do you think that works on fuel on the water? I don't know, but as you know, it works. I I mean, I I I mean, I'm not sponsored by them or anything, folks. I put a post on social media just trying to help everybody out that follows me. But um, I had a listener that won that deer hunt to Kansas last year. His name's Pete Ariotti. He goes, "Hey, have you heard of this?" I said, "Well, I've seen commercials for it on TV, but I really don't know much about it." And he pulled out his phone, and he's a uh, he's a regional sales manager for Daylight Donuts. He travels all over the country. And uh, he goes, Dan, this thing's crazy. I'm, I mean, you basically download the app. There's no monthly fee. There's no fee at all. You download the app. You put your, you put your car, uh, credit card information or your bank card information into it that you want uh, your savings to go to. 
And then as you're driving from just around town, whatever, like, see, I got a lot of ga- uh, Casey's gas stations up here, Dan. So I'll, I'll just put, I'll, it's got a little map deal. I'll hit gas and it brings up all the stations that offer discounts on the fuel. And then you just go to that, that station that's nearest to you and you fill up and you hit, I've paid. And since November, I've already got $78 accrued. That's going to be, I can cash in anytime since November, just filling up my gas tank. That's awesome. Did you say Casey's gas station? You, it's Casey's and uh, like uh, come and goes. Um, uh, and there's like Phillips 66 stations and uh, other huh. other ones out there too. But uh, yeah, you can you can go into uh, any you know it just pulls them up, and it's nice because you just uh, you, and it's in restaurants too. Um, but as much as you travel and with Michelle and stuff, I mean you're already filling up. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, and, right. then, uh, and you do like, um, like if you get people that like you say, like you and Michelle get the app and then you tell Steve and all your buddies, if they go, if they sign up and get it, yeah, then you get, you get, you get like four or five cents, uh, uh every time. Nine or 16 to 13. Wow. Do what? Do well, what? you know, uh, pardon me? I didn't. You just I came in Michelle. to tell me 16 to 13 niners. Oh, there you go. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it just uh, and if you got like uh, say like you got uh, uh, Quick Trip Rewards or whatever, you can still use your regular rewards. It just you get it's just a way to get money back. Well, that sounds worthwhile, especially with with Casey's. Now we don't have as many of them as you do, but we you know, we have we got them in rural areas, that's for sure. And uh, I love their pizza. Yeah. Well, you can you can use it on the pizza too, but uh, and and you know. I don't know how they make their money, Dan. I ain't figured it out yet because they don't have any advertisings. They don't send you any ads um, or uh, or anything like that. I, uh, you just sign up for the program, and then, like I said, the, you get discounts if people sign up using your code that you give them. But uh, I'm going to keep doing it because, like I said, man, as much as, as much as I fill up and everything, it's worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm all over it. Yeah. All right. Well, what are you going to do? You know, James, are you back yet? I'm just going to go fishing. You're just going to go fishing. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But it would probably be worth it if they, if they offer Marine, uh, discounts, if you're filling up that much, man, I, you would make, you would save some money. Yeah. I need something. I need some S and H green stamps or something. That's for sure. Yeah, because I know when I fill my boat up and stuff, I'm going to use it just because every little bit helps, right? Yeah, I even been thinking about getting some big cans and trying to, uh, you know, carry fuel to the boat. The only problem is 200 gallons of fuel, and you can buy five-gallon gas cans. How many trips am I going to have to make? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we better hit a break. We'll be right back on the Big 550 KTRS. Back to the KTRS Outdoor Show on the Big 550 with Outdoors Dan, Dan Young, and Dan Brothers. Welcome back to the Big 550 KTRS. Daniel, so what are you you fishing this week or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm fishing this week. Uh, I kind of wish I would have been back home. You know, it's it's still show season and, and... uh, last weekend, they had a, a fishing tackle show at Lake of the Ozarks, and evidently, 
you know, people like Charlie Brown drove all the way from Fenton, Missouri, to Lake of the Ozarks for one day to go to this to this show because it was a a selling show, a tackle show, and uh, evidently they sold a lot of stuff. They gave away a lot of prizes. Guy, no one a kayak, and that would if I'd have been in town, I'd have gone to that show. And secondly, the the big St. Charles County Boat Show is coming up this week. The Overland Park Kansas Boat Show. Uh, you know, it's time to get out there and see what's new with all the fishing boats. That's for sure. So it's 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 an exciting time this week, uh, no matter where you live. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, they got swap meets up here coming up too. And you know, the uh, the nice thing about those little horse those little horse uh, spinners, like they what do they call them, road runners, or uh, uh, you know, you can yeah. get those. There's a lot of people making those types of baits baits themselves and selling them at those shows. You can save a lot of money by doing that. Well, you can. We just call them horse heads. That that's the yeah. generic term for them, which yeah. I think is what you started to say. And and we buy them. I buy them bulk because I lose a lot of my. What I one of the things I found out. I, I can take a jig, a weedless jig, and work it just fine. A thirty second ounce, sixteenth ounce, eighth ounce jig, but the little horse heads with the spinner on them. If you put a weed guard on those, they just don't run worth a darn. They turn upside down and everything else. So I don't like them. So I, I run them without a weed guard, and I like a sickle hook, which you can't get in the brand names. You have to get those by, you know, there's you're right. There's people all over casting the lead for those, and we buy in bulk. I also like the red hook, and, and I, I don't know why. Um, wise man told me years ago that any lure with red on it, uh, appears to be a, a crippled bait fish or something, and that attracts the predator in, in a lot of fish better. So I don't know, and I just became partial to red red hooks. And uh, you're, you're right. I, we buy them, and they're not painted. If I decide I want to paint them, I can do it because there's all kinds of paints out there now. You can get every color in the world, glow paint, everything else you think of, whatever your favorite color is. Uh, you can certainly paint it. I just go with chartreuse myself. Yeah. But, uh, man, I love those things. Well, and I I like going because you can always find you know you know how much I love wiggle warts and uh, little uh, teeny weeny craw uh, uh, little uh, cranks uh, those little rebel yep. I, I yep. man those are those are killers on smallmouth I you you can find some really good deals on some of that stuff it's you know you know it, it, well you uh, can and you know a lot of times those guys got some antique lures too that are pretty cool if you ever want to make yourself up a little shadow box or something to put up on the wall some of those fun old antique lures and and what i like about it you can put a half a dozen of them or a dozen of them up there and ask people you know what are the names <laughs> that lure and it, it's kind of a guessing game you know i remember when i was a young man and dating i took a young lady fishing and I opened my tackle box, and she said to me, you mean you know the name of every one of those little fishing lures? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. She said, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't take her fishing again, did you? You know, I don't think I did. I, I mean, yeah. you know, because I, I, those names just ring in my ear. I love Lazy Yak, Cripple Crip, Killer, uh, you know, all, all those, you know, River Runt, uh, Lucky 13, yeah. I love those names. Yeah, those lazy Ikes, man. You go up north, man. Those things are pike killers, man. Pike love them things. And you don't get a lot of people throwing those anymore. You don't, but they'll catch fish just as well as any of the newfangled ones will. Yeah. Yeah, I got several of those in my in one of my bait bags or one of my, my tackle uh, deals. 
And you know what else, Dan? All those all those lures are plugs, as we called them when we grew up, because you'd just yeah. be plugging along. We called them plugs, and, and and they were all made in America, and they were all branded. Every one of them was branded. It was Hedden or somebody like that 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 made them, and you knew that name too. Now there's so many knockoffs and so many impersonators, and so all of them, almost all of them, are made in China or Japan. So it's just not as much fun as it used to be. Yeah, boy, Denny's. I uh, I was talking to our Bo Harris over at uh, Bojangle Baits, and he's trying to get a hold of Kevin and get some baits in there. But um, when I talked to a couple other guys at Denny's, they said their bait selection's really good right now. That fishing tackle department is better than it ever has been. I mean, I don't think Denny himself had that much interest in the fishing tackle department, and I, I couldn't tell you why. Uh, it was more of a hunting store. Well, at, at least a third of the store now is fishing tackle. Well, they got a great guy running a department for one thing. And, you know, I mean, he knows his stuff. You can go and ask him questions. You tell him I'm going to such and such a lake this weekend. He can tell you what's been working for him and the like. And so that that's what makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, I'm you just know, telling you. You, go, I'm just you t- go to the big box stores, and they they look at you, ask them a question, and go, uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah. what? I'm not picking on anybody. So did did you get a chance to, uh, did you, uh, what was that? Oh, Dan, could you please repeat the name of the lure you said was good for Northern Pike? Yeah, Dan, it was Lazy Ike. Dan Brothers is excellent one that said that. I just said that's, I've caught a lot of Northerns on those. It's a, it's like a little curved banana looking thing. And, you know, and they got a brass lip so you can grind them into gravel and it doesn't tear them all up like it does a lot of wooden baits or plastic lip baits just get destroyed when you're grinding them into gravel, but not a lazy eye. They just get shiny. And they make them in all sizes. I like the little bitty ones for trout myself, too, Dan. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm going to try and do um, after I get through jigging for, for the walleye and stuff is I'm going to start trying uh, uh, jigging spoons. I'm going to start trying those more. I'm hearing more and more people, when you get into June and July, jigging spoons seem to work really well for, for crappie and for uh, walleye. I'm going to try some of that this uh, this spring. I've caught a lot of uh, walleye on jigging spoons in Lake of the Ozarks, and, and I like a pretty heavy spoon with a bucktail uh, in the treble hook. Mm-hmm. And you bounce that thing up and down off the bottom in front of a walleye, and it's hard for him to say no. Well, I like that. So, And then uh, they told me that they, they actually tip them with shiners like or like a red tip minnow or something. Red. Not a bad idea. I've never done that. Yeah, I haven't. I've never used them. So. I know I've, used, I've, used, I've used a red devil. What is it, red devil? The the spoon that's red and white, right? Yeah, right. I've that's used a, I've used very the, famous Northern Pike spoon too as well. Yeah. Red I, and I and I've used the Johnson Silver Minnow several times, but I've never used a jigging spoon. Well, uh, yeah, the, the Johnson Silver Minnow is not a jigging spoon though; that's a cranking spoon. Right. But uh, you know, Castmaster is the number one name for these these heavy chrome spoon. Most of them are chrome. Some of them are chartreuse and the like. But uh, I've been fishing them on braid on a medium weight spinning reel and and with braid i have no stretch and when I'm, when i'm down 25 or 30 feet i'm able to set that hook a lot better and you don't even need a leader because you're working that spoon so fast those fish don't see the line they see that flash from that spoon and they attack it yeah yeah i'm telling you buddy it's almost here crappie turkey morel mushrooms walleye it's, it's going to be good season i call it 
Turkey yeah, but you, mushroom. Yeah, but you always leave the walleye out. Tie <laughs> sixteen to sixteen six minutes left. Would you well, tell, tell, can... tell Michelle to quit giving you updates live on the air? We're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Can't help it. She can't yeah. help it. We're both Chiefs fans, you know. Yeah, I understand. I understand. You're gonna, but we're not supposed to say that. No, so, but uh, you know what? I've been on. A, I've been on a radio with you before in the studio with one eye on the television and the and my mouth on the microphone. So, well, that's fine. Play. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. And I love you. I love you, Michelle. I just don't want to get in trouble. So, because I got Jenny. Jenny's upset. She's never liked football until this. Now she's excited. So that, I oh. think maybe Taylor Swift did it. Yeah, I don't know. Jenny's up there jumping up and down. I can hear her upstairs jumping. So something good. <laughs> well, she's got to be a KC fan. She can't be a 49ers fan. No, she's a Vikings and a and a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Good for her. God yeah, bless yeah. her. Yeah, Fran Tarkington all the way. So, oh yeah. All right. What are you doing? Are you fishing all week, or what are you doing? Yeah, fishing. Maybe quail hunting. I don't know. Probably shooting some sporting clays. But I'll be out there one way or the other. I'm not going to be into house. Okay. All right, well, we got trout, trout stuff to talk about next week, and then uh, I got Denny Brower coming on. But I, I'm trying to get him to come on a Sunday night, but it's hard for him to do that. But um, I'm gonna we'll got some we'll have some other stuff to talk about, and then we're making a transition. Uh, Philip Vanderpool, I was gonna try and hit Philip on, but Philip unfortunately lost his uh, his mom today, so I'm gonna Aww. let Philip alone for a couple weeks and let him mourn his mother. And uh, when we get a chance, we'll get Philip on again, folks. So. Dan, tell yeah, everybody well, good night. If, we... if, if you do pin Danny down, I'd like to talk to him for a few minutes. So anyway. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and get him on. Folks, be, be, God bless you all, and look for us next week. We'll have some trouts to talk about. There you go. All right, Daniel. All right, I'm going to leave you in James' capable hands. James, you ready? Here's the baton. You ready? I'm set. Are you? Yeah. What's the name of the movie again in Cold Blood? Cold Meat. Cold Meat. I knew it was something cold. There you go. If you need to get a hold of us, just go to KTRS, the Big 550's website. Look under Weekend Shows, and you can find our contact stuff there. As always, it's an honor and privilege for us to do the show for you each and every week. Thank you for making us part of your weekend. And until next time, please keep it here on the Big 550 and enjoy the big show with James. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding paid program are those of the host, callers, and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this station, its management, or own.